Today's episode of Podcastration is brought to you in part by... Man, nothing sucks worse than running out of pot. But it's all cool, man. Just swing on over to Pottsburg Dispensary. And we'll hook you up with the best bud you're gonna find anywhere around here, man. I'm talking like all-natural, local-grown stuff. Any kind of smoke you want, we got it. You want Seneca Soul Snatcher? Dude, we got it. You want Mind Eraser? Got that too, bro. Can't feel my finger, Kush? Oh yeah, we got it. We even got my favorite, the Lights Out Stout. Yeah, so, like, you know, come down to Hotsburg Dispensary, and dude, I'll hook you up. I'll get you the best shit you're gonna smoke for the best price you're gonna find anywhere. So yeah, once again, Pottsburg Dispensary, located right downtown Pittsburgh, PA. Okay, man, later, bro. I don't know that reference. Just Christmas songs. Oh, okay. Go tell it on the mountain. Uh, so anyway, 
by this time it should be Christmas, New Year's, Hanukkah, that time of year. So happy all that. And, uh, yeah. What's another Christmas song you can go off with? Uh, last year I heard on a radio a uh, Bob Seger Christmas song that it's so memorable that I forget everything about it. Was it called Christmas Night Moves? No, it wasn't just Christmas before. One was of it called hit. Christmas Man They weren't just throwing his... <laughs> was it they weren't called throwing it? Christmas in front of his hits. <laughs> Prancing Against the Wind? No. <laughs> was it called... Uh... <laughs> he has a lot of hits, so we I can know, sit here and do this for an hour. Um, like a dreidel <laughs> instead of a rock. <laughs> um, was it called... Uh, uh, Catman... Ter- I already said Christmas Man Do. Oh, okay. Um. Anyway. So we got to kind of get jump on this. So I've been saving this. Uh, well, we've been saving this idea for Christmas. Dashing through the snow. I assume our quote unquote loyal fan base now has heard plenty about our Will Ferrell starred Yager movie idea. I feel like we haven't we haven't beat this to death. We just we talked about it and we said we were going to do like a big deal about it. We yeah. never did. We just want to have Will Ferrell play Yarmir Yager in a fucking movie. A document. Yeah. Because it's silly. I also want to see. Will Ferrell with that humongous mullet. That alone would be price of admission. Will worth could, price of admission. Will could do it justice. Yeah. You know he would he would take the character. Like Yager wasn't a party animal. He was he was a professional hockey player first. I wanted to make it look like Yager was just a wild, irresponsible butthead. I'll bet you Will would knock it out of the park. Will would bring the just comedy to it. Dripping in poon. Just just uh, there's not a scene without at least three hot babes around him. That would be funny. Anyway. And so, acid wash jeans. So I wrote, I don't even want to call it the script. I wrote, well, I guess a partial it's a, script. It is a script. It is a script. This is a sequel to the first movie that we never made yet. You, we you, didn't you do any have, of this. Don't say we. This yeah, is all you. Yeah, this okay, is not so a we thing. I, well, we brainsharted the idea. and uh, So I'm going to read Did off. We? Here's a, uh, I guess, a heads up. If you're not into early 90s hockey and you're not a, you know, don't know much about Yarmer Yager. Well, fuck you. You're going to listen anyway, because what else are you going to do? You know um, what you should do? You should be quiet for five minutes. That way, the listeners can go on Wikipedia yeah. and look up Yammer Yager. All right, honestly, here, everybody. I'll give you a few seconds. It's your night shift at work that listens, right? Yeah. They, do they all know them? Know Yammer Yager? Yeah, dude. Zach Boda knows Yammer Yager. Everyone knows Yammer Yager. Okay. I mean, well, then know. we don't need to worry about okay, any kind so of process of things. Without further ado, I'm going to read you my movie idea, or what I've wrote of it, for... Uh, this is Yager Saves Christmas, starring Will Ferrell. So here we go. Hold on, I'm trying to get a burp to come out. Merry Christmas, everybody. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Go to hell. Um, okay, this is how it starts. So shortly after the events in Yager, the first movie, which we didn't do. Didn't happen. Yager, played by Will Ferrell, is taking a much-needed vacation in Hawaii. As he's lounging on the beach and soaking up the sun with his 12 incredibly hot model escorts, his phone rings. It's Captain Lemieux. He's just played by Mary Lemieux because it'd be funnier if Mary Lemieux's in a fucking movie with Will Ferrell. You could imagine Lemieux wouldn't be good at reading lines. Yeah, it'd be horrible. I don't so, think I've ever seen Lemieux in a in a commercial. Dude, he's actually he's in some good ones. There's so many the '80s. There's one like well, yeah. Let's let's they're, talk they're, about yeah. Um, it's Captain Lemieux calling from his headquarters, hidden under the old Igloo parking lot. If you know that in Pittsburgh, uh, they quickly catch up. And then Mario tells Yager that the evil Canadian overlord, Gretzky the Greedy, is not only still alive, but he has sent out a live video showing that he has captured Santa Claus, played by Ron White, 
and will only release him if the United Nations agrees to let Canada test nuclear weapons over international water and that the world has until Christmas Eve to agree to the terms or Santa will be killed by slap shots. So Yogs has one last quick, lusty skinny dip with his sexy batch of babes, and then he leaps into his red 1992 T-top Iroxy Camaro, and he drives it at hyperspeed right off the highway and skips it across the Pacific Ocean to mainland U.S., all the way to Pittsburgh, and meets Mario in his headquarters. So if you know Yager, that was his classic car in the 90s, and he just, you know, get it, He's, he can just drive it across the ocean because it's so fast. That's funny. Anyway... During Yager's brief drive, Mario and the Penguin scouting team did some detective work to find out that Wayne Gretzky the Greedy has a not-so-hidden lair of his own built into the rock behind Niagara Falls. After some discussing and planning of how to encounter the situation, Yager realizes that he's going to need his old crew together to get through Wayne's mysterious and undoubtedly formidable fortress. But... Most of his former Canadian teammates are either aligned with Wayne, the greedy, or unwilling to fight against their country. That's why Mario stays hidden, because he doesn't want like, he's a traitor if he's against Gretzky. Yeah. But, you know. Interesting. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. And the rest of his whole teammates are scattered across the globe because they're fucking retired, and so tracking them down won't be easy. Mario, however, does stay in contact with one guy who lives in the U.S., and after a quick phone call, Alf Samuelson... Played by Bret Hart, the wrestler, the former, you know him at all? Yep, yep. <laughs> the, the all Stevenson, played by Bret Hart, is on his way to help. Protecting both Yogs and Mario for years in the NHL, his obvious toughness and loyalty is unquestionably a great asset to their cause. Kevin Stevens was another obvious choice, but he's of no help since he's in rehab again from his crack addiction. And so Yogs and Alf drive his Camaro across the Atlantic Ocean because it's so fast it can skip across water to Yager's homeland of the Czech Republic where three of his fellow countrymen and former Olympic championship winning teammates live. As soon as they cross the Czech border, they see a hitchhiker and decide to give him a ride. Upon pulling up to the lone man, they both immediately recognize the face and short stature of Marty Straka, mm. played by Elijah Wood. That. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, what a coincidence, Yager says sarcastically. And lucky for you, your tiny frame can fit in a child's seats. Because Camaros have tiny rear seats. Get in and help us find a few guys. So they pick up Marty Straka, which Marty Straka played for the Penguins, and they were both from the Czech Republic. You should either know that or fuck off, because that's, yeah, just know that. So Marty hops in and explains, you know, the situation that Mario found his phone number and briefed him on the situation. He also knows where the other... Uh, former Czech Penguin teammates live, and soon after they have Robert Lang, played by Charlie Sheen. And I have Dominic Kasich, because he never played for the Penguins, he was, but he yeah. was a Czech Republic, and they played on the Olympic teams all the time. So, Rob Lang, played by Charlie Sheen, and Dominic Kasich, played by Emilio Estevez, because you got to have the brothers. Uh, so they find them, they're tagging along, and off they go to find the other crew members in the vastness of Russia. Does Dominic Kasich have that same old-fashioned cage on his helmet? Oh. He had a player. He had a player yes. helmet. Yes, he always had the cage. What a goofy! Of course, what a, like why? I love that too. I don't know why. Why? Everyone else, like, there's a reason why the rest of like, hey, my, he, the he rest was of the good. NHL, yeah, but but he, he wasn't was, as good as Wah. Well, he didn't win as many cups as Wah, did he? I don't know. He didn't. But I always liked Tasik though. I did too. Didn't he like? Didn't he get in trouble for like beating his wife too or something? Oh, I, I, don't I know, know the Penguins goalie did, but. I don't know. Maybe he was just a known dickhead or something. 
What am I gonna do? I don't know anything. I don't know anything. Uh, at least I don't remember anything yeah. like extracurricular about Dominic Castle. Okay, I just so remember the helmet. So uh, they're going to Russia to find some few people. So cut scene to Yager's Camaro. They put chains on the rear tires, and they uh, they replace the front tires with skis because they're going to Russia, and it's a fucking it's all you know Siberia St- stereotypical Ru- winter in Russia, and uh, they stop in a field, followed by Hasek and Lang driving a blue. 1985 four-wheel drive Lamborghini ML2000 SUV. I just want to throw that in there because that's still one of the coolest vehicles ever. And they're rich and they can afford it. So where do we find these guys, asks Draka. And Yager replies, the hard way. We split up, go different directions, town to town, door to door, person to person, and ask for their whereabouts. Find any clues, text the others, and we'll go from there. So you cut like a five-minute collage of the individual guys like trudging through snow, knocking door to door, all that bullshit. Mm. Finally, it cuts to a scene of Yager getting a text from Lang stating, found one of them, beaten Yukatsika, Siberia. And so it cuts to the, all the guys. They all do like a different cross-country trek to a small log cabin in the middle of the Russian frontier. And Yager's about to knock on the door of like a log cabin when they all simultaneously hear wood chopping sounds from around back. And they go take a look where they see a fully bearded Alexei Kovalev chopping firewood. Now, I didn't have an actor playing Kovalev. I, I don't... Actually, I just forgot. Who would? Dolph Lundgren. Done. It'd have to be Dolph Lundgren, right? Big, tall Russian. Unless there's something... You can think of someone funnier. I'm trying to think of something. Let's, just, for now, we'll go to Dolph Lundgren. If yeah, you think of anything I like better. Dolph Lundgren. Okay, we'll go Dolph Lundgren for now. So, Dolph Lundgren playing Alexei Kovalev's chopping firewood. Need a hand? Ask Yager. And Kobe says, Well, I, I tried to do the Russian. He's like... You know, there are some ugly faces that I haven't seen in years. What the fuck are you losers doing here? I don't want to do that the whole time. Jason Statham, maybe? I don't know what he looks like. So anyway, he says, what the fuck are you losers doing here? And Yog replies, well, give me an axe. These guys will carry and stack the wood, and we'll explain inside when we're done. Here's who it would be. One of the guys from the band Hanson. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Save that idea. So, um. You save that idea. All right, I'll save that. I, I like the idea, but I got a better use for it. So, uh, so you know, these, the idea is just like, that's what Kovalev does now. He just lives in Siberia in a log cabin, and he's just like yeah. a huge beard, chopping firewood. That, that's land. just I'm, like as Russian-looking as possible. Mm-hmm. So um, they change. They're all inside doing shots of vodka, and they're just explaining the situation. So Kovi readily agrees to help, and Yogs tells him that they're still one man short, and he asks if he happens to know where he'd be. Kovalev tells the crew that he heard some rumors of his whereabouts, but it could be a wild goose chase. Being that the required destination is many miles away in very remote wilderness, he has them all pile into his Rokon. Now, I explained this before. So a Rokon, you got to Google this shit. It's an insane amphibious four-wheel drive. Is that the screw thing? It's n- um, It ain't that one. The Rokon is, uh, they're tires, but they're enormous. They're like overinflated to float. It's... It, it's not even street legal. Like, it's just a swamp buggy thing. These things are unstoppable. They are awesome. They're, they're really fucking cool. And that's also really Russian. So they pile into his Rokon, and he takes him to where he hopes he currently lives. Scene changes to all the guys are standing by a huge scenic lakefront with no houses or buildings in sight. One of the guys says, hold on, there's a piece of pork. <laughs> I just picked that out of my teeth. Nice. We ate some pork earlier. Um... So they're sitting out in front of this scenic lake, and one of the guys says, Hey, we checked the whole perimeter. Nobody lives by this lake. There's not even any four-wheeler paths. 
and a dejected Covey says, sorry guys, I guess we'll just have to do without. And just then, as they are about to leave, an old Soviet-era submarine breaches the water and surfaces and slowly settles. <laughs> then the main hatch opens on top, and out climbs Darius Kasparaitis. Ah, it's going to be... I was yeah. thinking it's either going to be Kasparaitis or Peter Nedved. Yeah. <laughs> Kasparaitis shouts, Well, if it ain't the never-checking checks, what brings you pissants here? And then Yager replies, We were told a mermaid lives here, and she'd suck us all off. They didn't tell us she was so ugly, though. Casper gives a hearty laugh and then pulls out an inflatable dinghy and meets the guys on shore to hear the situation and quickly agrees to help them. So, how are we going to sneak into Gretzky's fortress? asks Straka. Uh, that place is full of tourists and they'll give us away. Well, Casper says, I have an idea. And they all follow his gaze to his submarine. Cut scene. Because you can just go from a mainland lake, it can just appear in the ocean anytime. Anyway... Cutscene change to they're inside the submarine under the water of Niagara Falls, which is probably, what, 20 feet deep at the most? I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure a, deep. A, a nuclear-era submarine, it, it'd be a tight fit. Anyway, that's the joke of it. Because do you watch that movie, Beer Fest? No. In the a little movie, bit of it, but not enough. In the movie, they, like, they have a bar. It's a bar near like a creek, but the Germans in the movie are in, like, an, they're in an old German U-boat spying on it. And that's the... Half the joke of it's like, there's no way that thing would even submerge. Like, half the fucking submarine, it'd be beached. Yeah. That was a joke, like, part of the joke. Anyway, so after about 10 torpedo blasts, they made a large enough tunnel for the submarine to fit through and move into the entrance of Gretzky's hideout, because it's behind the waterfall of... Um, <laughs> once the sub was docked by a walkway, the guys quickly laced up into full NHL gear, since... All the tunnel floor appeared to be covered in ice and skatable. Of course it would be. Quickly, some henchmen come skating out, shooting pistols. The guys easily deflect the bullets with their hockey sticks, and then one time the last two salvo back towards their attackers and killed them. <laughs> the group then scanned their surroundings, and it was obvious the only way to go was straight ahead. They could see rotating cameras moving and track the group as they progressed forward. After about 10 minutes of cautiously walking into the tunnel, Yager halted the group and says, Did you guys hear that? And immediately after a faint female laughter could be heard up ahead, followed by a loud pop sound. Just then an object came rushing towards them and they all ducked just as it narrowly missed Alf's head and smashed into the wall behind them. Was that a hot dog, Alf asked? Then another boom sounded and another object came rocketing close by them. That was a t-shirt. <laughs> and at that moment... Six skimpily clad ice babes came skating into view, shaking their scrumptious hips and launching hot dogs and t-shirts out of cannons at the men at lethal velocities. The crew of A-liners were narrowly dodging and deflecting the merch bullets up to that point, but it was mostly luck that a round hadn't caused serious injury or death so far. What are we going to do? asked Kovalev nervously. We can't dodge this ship much longer. Tort. Yager replied, I got this. Then he nonchalantly strutted up to the chicks and winked. Their weapons were lowered in curious bewilderment, which rapidly morphed into arousal as he got closer and gave them another wink. Then the horny broads began flirtingly touching and stroking his chin and chest. I'll be right back, boys, he said. Follow me. And then he led them around the corner and out of sight of the other guys. He still got it, said Straka. <laughs> <laughs> and him and the others just stood there, for 40 minutes of shocked silence as a chorus of orgasms echoed throughout the caverns. Finally, Yager skated out to the nearest surveillance camera 
and gave it his classic two-finger goal-scoring salute. It said, okay, boys, the girls are with us now. And with that, the crew forged on deeper into the underground complex. Holy crap. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, that's as far as I had. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> so they just they got into the entrance. He wooed yeah. the ice babes shooting T-shirts at him because a t -shirt, you know, T-shirt shot out of a cannon fast enough to take your head off, I guess. What? But, so, but he, well, 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 so at some point I had the next obstacle is a drunk Brett Hall played by Woody Harrelson. He tries running them over with a Zamboni, but he crashes. Kovalev just bribes him with some vodka, and then all of a sudden Brett Hall's on their side. Because Brett Hall is like, now I think he's the, actually I think he might have just got passed by fucking Vetchkin. Anyway, like, I think Brett Hall was the third highest goal scorer, like, right? And he was American. And he always seemed like, he seemed like a guy I could drink some beer. Just because I I've seen him, you is. see him drunk on like the bench before. He seems like a cool guy. Like if he you're gonna does drink seem a, like a fun if, dude. If, if there's like NHL legend you want to drink some beer with, Brett seem like Brett a Hall. Dude. And I'm like, dude, play by Woody Harrelson. So I think that would be funny. And then what I have is they eventually find the main hideout, and uh, and meet Gretzky and Co. Of course, it's a hockey rink. They have an epic, bloody, no rules hockey match. The Canadians are winning. It turns into like a sword battle, but they're using their hockey sticks. And even like uh, Sidney Crosby, played by Mark Wahlberg, is Wayne's main henchman, and he's kicking ass. Then out of nowhere, a sled pulled by Penguin shows up with Mario himself and John Claude Van Damme because he was in the movie Sudden Death. Yep. Uh, then they show up to help turn the tide. Mario confronts Crosby, and uh, the scene gets Star Wars-y because it's like Luke Skywalker versus... Darth Vader. So, like, their hockey sticks turn into, like, kind of lightsabers. And then, uh, well, no, it's, it'd be more like, I don't know, I guess, I don't know, whatever. And then Mary is maybe more like Obi-Wan Kenobi. And they have, like, a fucking hockey stick sword match. I don't even know what happens to Sid. I fucking forgot to write that down. But it turns into, of course, Wayne and Mario both have to, like, oh, no. So Wayne and Mario both attempt to control Sid because Sid's, like, uh, it's like the force versus the dark side. So, like, Crosby's Luke Skywalker. And then um, Wayne and Mario both at the same time say, fuck it, and they both just cut Crosby in half. Because that's funny. They're both like, you know what? We don't need him. Um, then all I have is, from there on, Wayne and Mario both have an epic hockey stick duel, and Mario kills him. Or does he? Because you've got to leave an open question, Marcus. Is there going to be a Yager 3? Here's one of the big problems I have with this script so far. You don't have a Mario McSorley character yet. Do you have one? No, I don't know. But there might be a third one. And we still have a first one to even. Do, so. There needs to be. There's a Marty lot Mc, of missing Marty characters. Marty McSorley needs to be uh, Wayne Gretzky's, like, protege. Or under, uh, under, like, whatever you'd call him. The Robin. Yeah. Actually, and I, like, that's probably only about a half hour worth of movie, too. But no it, way, man. That's yeah. a there's a good bit of movie there. Yeah, and it uh, I still have a little more of it too. So, uh, Santa played by Ron White and Mario drag race their sleds pulled by reindeer and penguins. Mario and John Claude Van Damme pulled in with a sled pulled by penguins. Yeah. Well, Santa has his sled of reindeer, so they drag race. You call them reindeer? I might have. I think you call them. Reindeer. I uh, I'm out of beer. I want to go get one, but I kind of have like beer in my head. Let's go to commercial break real quick, and then we'll hash the rest of this out after. 
Hi, sluts. I'm Brooke Scuttlebean, producer of your favorite source of time-wastage podcastration, and I'm proud to announce that the podcastration team has worked together to bring you our all-new product, the Eat Shit and Like It Cookbook. That's right, using mine, Paul, Brett, Levon's, and Prance Like Warmer! Very own recipes, the Eat Shit and Like It Cookbook is the only cookbook available that takes cheap, common bottom shelf food products and transforms them into grade A gourmet cuisine. You'll drool over our spruced up spam sandwiches, and your taste buds will explode with one bite of our Nukem ramen noodles. And our killed it grilled cheese? Gotta taste it to believe it. So quit spending money like a politician for a high quality dinner and just pay five easy payments of $39.95 plus shipping for the Eat Shit and Like It cookbook and transform your crummy kitchen into a five star restaurant. That's the Eat Shit and Like It cookbook. Just fucking get one. It's early morning. The birds are chirping, the sun's shining bright, and you have a long list of things you need to do today. But you're stuck laying in bed, pitching a mile-high tent again due to your daily morning wood, just like yesterday and the day before. Does this sound like you? Well, now you can put your pool in its proper place with Flaccid Flakes, the delicious new cereal made by Schlemcorp. Flaccid Flakes are made with fresh, high-quality ingredients, and making Flaccid Flakes a part of your proper daily breakfast is guaranteed to thicken your blood flow and rid of morning wood within 20 minutes or your money back guaranteed. So, don't be stuck hiding your embarrassing dreamer's dick under the sheets and go get some flaccid flakes today. You won't regret it. Cause in the words of our mascot, Lonnie the Limp Lion, THEY'RE GROSS! Flaccid flakes are not recommended for children or the elderly and does not work on nipples. Stoke her lust, yearn for pleasure, pleasure, quench her inner desires with radiant sin, the arousing new fragrance from demon clock alone, crafted using only the most seductive pheromones, radiant sin isn't just an irresistible scent. It's sodomy. Ooh. Demon claw colognes. We bring out the inner demon in the women. And we'll use this directed. Alright, and we're back. Before we stop at the movie idea, because I ha- all I have is a list of random cameos. So, I had uh, Weird Al needs to be in a movie. Who the fuck could he play? Peter Nedved. Peter Nedved, I like it. Okay. Because in the movie, there's a lot of room for... You could have all kinds of... you know, Even in the main battle, you could have in the background, whoever. Um, so I have Steve Carell as Brad Marchant. <laughs> just because they both have huge noses. Okay. I have Chewbacca as Chara. <laughs> just because they're both big, ugly fucks. Um, I have nobody for Sebastian Bach, the Skid Row singer, but I feel like he's Canadian. He's Why tall. is he... Okay, so He would a- just have to be. Maybe he could be Casper. He would just be in it. Yeah, maybe he would just be... Sebastian Bach. He could be doing the Canadian national anthem, and then halfway through, not even halfway through, like two sentences through, he gets killed. Fucking Yager just winds up and wrist shots one right to his throat and blows his Adam's apple out. That's it. Done. Written in stone. That's going to be in the movie. 
And, uh, oh, Bono. <laughs> I thought it'd be funny. Like, why would Bono be in a fucking movie at all, let alone a hockey comedy movie? Nah, you know what I think about it? That wouldn't be funny. It'd be too, like, it'd be too Irish and too gay because you two suck. You two doesn't suck. They didn't suck, but they do now. They were cool. You two. The Joshua Tree was cool when I was a kid. And, like, even the album before that, I liked a lot of, but, eh. Honestly, when's the last time you put a U2 CD If a in? band puts out four classic albums, then they don't suck. Do they have four classic albums? Joshua Tree, War. When I say classic, because there's classic albums don't... Boy. There's classic albums that are terrible. No, there aren't. It, in my opinion, they're terrible, which makes them terrible. Fucking wham. George, George Michaels has classic albums. Would Not you listen to them. it? Well, combined it. Yeah, you're right. How about uh, The Police? Do you listen to The Police? Sometimes. Michael Jackson. Every album he made's classic album. That's not true. Yeah, well, most of them. Bad. Thriller. Thriller. The one before it, I forget. There, I don't know the names of them. There was the one in the early 90s, the one with black or white on it. That album, you know, they all were. They were not all classic albums. No, n- you know what? No, I just don't. I'm not agreeing with this. U2 is not... Give me four U2 classic albums. Now, they're cla- you, no, they, have three. Cl- they have classic albums in their respective genre but that you would listen to, that you could say don't suck, in your opinion. I know I can, that Ak Chung Baby, I'm sorry, it sucks. It has big hits. It's their classic, one of their classic albums, but when I put it in my that was gonna clear, be my other. I listen to it, and I'm like, this sucks, and I take it out because I've done it. I, that was going to be my other one. Yeah, and... Well, they but had that way, war, okay, so, that war one, yes. but really the rest of the, like, honestly, it blows. Joshua Tree, War, Boy, and Octung Baby. And, no, um, Forgettable f- Unforgettable fire. fire, yep. Yeah. Okay, I so like, five? I like some of the, I don't think Boy's a classic, it, just because you know the name of it, but it's awful. Uh, I mean, it's just, they have big hits, but I'm talking an album. Like, if you, you put it in and... I'm just saying it's eh. either way. I well, okay. See, on my podcast, our opinions are what matters. So if I say it sucks, if you want to hear you two, most of their albums don't suck. Go listen to another podcast. You hear how much but, of an argument I'm putting up. Yeah, I'm being, I'm extremely like not putting up any no, resistance to no. this. But also, nonetheless, I'm just not saying you two sucks. Yeah, I, I'm going to. I, I'm just going to say it. I'm going to say you two suck. You two doesn't suck. You know, you don't even agree with that. You're saying that, but you don't agree with it. I wouldn't go to their concert ever if people paid me to. You would never go to a U2 concert. They suck now. I'm, I don't know. They were cool when I was a kid, but that was 30 years ago. The last 30 years have been poop. They've been, they've been poop on their part, I think. It's not just because Bono's trying to save the world. I just think their music is awful now. But, hey, I don't want to spend the rest of the podcast arguing against or for U2 because... They get enough time and attention. So let's uh let's just review this beer. Yeah. Cause so this was uh Cellarworks Cellar Brewing out of Jank. Sarver. Yeah. It's a local brew yeah, beer. Very we actually local. got a we're drinking well, I'm drinking out of a glass, but we got a growler filled up of it. And this is the is this just a light lager? Is that what it was called? That's what they said it was called. Dang if it isn't adequate. Yeah, it's pretty good. I mean I, I would give it a Give it a, I'd give it a four. Yeah, it's a dr- easily yeah, drinkable. Yeah. I would put it at the. Uh, I would say it tastes like straw. Yeah, it's like that. It's that style of just crushable. 
Yeah. I don't even know the alcohol percentage. I, I don't know. I don't care. Probably we like were four you know, to between four and five. Probably closer to four. We were eating barbecue, so it's like I don't want to drink a heavy IPA or stout and get full. You know, that's a lot of shit to be putting in your stomach. So the beer served its purpose. Yeah, really. good beer. We're just. I think we've. Yeah, we finished that that thing up. Yeah. Dang. Okay. Um, we still have those beers yeah. from. The, yeah, I brought some other beers to review, but. We're in here, and the fridge is out there. See, we, yeah, the cats and I are know cute. I'm going to fall Cats are cute, but I'm reinforcing my idea of why are we fucking around with pet dogs and cats? Kangaroos have little arms, and I'm telling you, man, you could train a kangaroo to go in that fridge, put the beers in the pouch. Well, they don't even have to put the beers in the pouch. It could, I think it could hold a beer in its paws. I don't know. If anything, it could scoop it into its pouch and hop on, you know, bring but it in what's here. a kangaroo poop like? Oh, it would be any bigger or worse than a dog's. Probably. Yeah, probably. But I would think beer. I would think when it came to domesticating animals, like the uh, our forefathers who were domesticating, they probably knew what animals were. I don't like, know, man. I'm thinking, dude, a monkey. You could have a monkey going that. Well, of course, a monkey's going to open that fridge. It ain't going to get his beers. It's just going to tear apart. It's going to take them, yeah. and it's going to take the other all the eggs. And it's for a kangaroo, like, they eat vegetables. So a kangaroo would be like, yeah, you'd have to. Also, why would you even have vegetables in your fridge anyway? So it's true. You just keep meats and beer in there, and you're good. I mean, I don't know. Um, well, let's go on to music. Uh, so we just saw a band last night. Two of them, actually. We saw two bands last yeah. night. We saw King Buffalo Headline, which we've plugged on here before. Yep. They slayed. Dude, they as rocked. Usual. They were so good and so tight, and uh, just one of the grooviest shows. And we saw them in, like, a bar with, what, was there 50 people there? I was, you know what? I was wondering that. I don't even know the capacity would fit, like, no way, 100. I was going to say 100. Maybe. I mean, including the, like, bartenders and stuff. Like, maybe yeah. total. And that band should be at least playing at Mr. Small's. I mean, at least with, like, you know, three, 5,000 people. Even their kind of particular stoner rock kind of shit. But uh, if you go online and look at any of their other live videos, like, only in Pittsburgh would they play to 100 people, which worked out in our favor, because that to me, that's great. We were... What, five feet from the stage? We could have got closer. If we wanted to get weird about it, we could have, like, went up and, like... We could have been the weirdest people We could people have flipped there. a booger at anyone in the band if we wanted to. Yeah, it was cool. We were, uh... Yeah, had a good time. But had King a- Buffalo's a band we've been watching... Yeah, ...since, real. like... We probably... We've been following King Buffalo since before they put, a, like, their and first album. Like out. I said, Pittsburgh's such a shitty perspective of it because around here, they're... Just another no-name band, but like as far as the music we on like the, on the scene, they're yeah, they're a big they're name. They're big. Like they they every time they make an album and they print vinyls of it, it's literally sold out that day. Two days after the last album, pre-sold, done. They're, they're sold out. Like they and they make some money. Have we talked about Doomfest? No, no. I was gonna get yeah. I was gonna get to that because it was just what a week ago, two weeks ago. Last week. Fest? I yeah. think it was last week this time. We were, yeah, we went I, to Doom Fest. Oh, wait, no, that was two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Because last and, week uh, I was up at camp. Yeah, Frederick, Maryland. Uh, well, it was four days. We were there three days. But yeah, three days of Doom music. That was cool. A lot of, by default, we, I, I was kind of thinking the other day, realizing, going back through how many bands we saw, we drank a good bit of beer because you drink a beer, at least a beer, you listen to a band, and these are, what, short sets? Half hour, 40 minutes. Yeah. Band. So a band's done with their set at one venue. So one venue was a brewery. What was it? The Old Mother Brewery? Old Mother. Old Mother Brewery, which 
I mean, I don't think Dude, they, I don't think they have a weak beer there. There was <laughs> not a bad beer through all the beers they had, and they had some like. Well, I didn't try any of the sours. Yeah, that don't count. Honestly, those don't count anymore. They, sours, that's what I'm saying. guys, just sours stop. are the U two of beers. No, because I'm just kidding. I just the sours are the uh, the fish of beers. Yeah, and they're just annoying. They're 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 unnecessary as fuck. Just eat a couple. The only reason you make them is just to sour for the fact of like yeah of uh. Trying to prove like, oh, I like something that's gross. Because I can't. Oh, I could have. This an, isn't good. I could have a I milkshake like beer. Yeah, you could put beer in a milkshake and drink it, but don't do it. They suck. But um, anyway, so it was cool. You drank a beer too. Watched that band. Went right across the street to the other venue. Grabbed the beer and watched that band. And you alternated from what, like five in the evening till one midnight, in the morning. one in the morning. So I was thinking like back and forth. I mean, at least ten beers. You know, just doing that, and that's not counting the shit we drank before the shows. Yeah, or the it, it was stuff we ingested. It was a, uh, it was a lot of music. It was a lot of alcohol, and so many of those bands sounded exactly yeah. the same. Doom Fest was a uh, yeah, a lot of I tell I I've been preaching about that Doom genre. It, it wears out quick. I like I can listen to these psychedelic bands all day long. Yeah. But they these these all that doom either. heavy ba- like these super slow doom bands just that boom 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 with zero hey. stage presence yeah over and over they like these bands they'll go on a stage never say what their name is you won't even know who's playing no they just start playing a song and then thirty minutes later they say thank you and that's like okay well this show is over. They don't even, like, let you know who they are. So you don't even know, like, okay, what band was that? If I kind of liked these guys, uh, whose T-shirt am I looking to buy? You don't know that because they don't say it. There was, like, three girls, I think, all weekend worth looking at it there. Like, and you're you're not going to get any chicks like that style of shit either. It's a very male, uh, dude-heavy. Yeah. I like the idea of it. I just wish there was a thrash fest. (laughs) I don't know. Of course. I want to see more like so use the call like call it Doom Fest, but make it that a very well, I, broad opening I thought, of well, of bands. You so you guys came Friday, but we were there a day before you. Yeah. And that's what the first day was. The first day started off with the worst band. The first band, it was like a two piece or three piece or something of just just annoying. I think they did three songs and like actually it might have been two songs. I think it was like two 20-minute songs, just two guys, like the slowest funeral rock ever. Lame. But I was expecting it, and it was the first band of the day, and I'm like, oh, whatever. You know, you just deal with it. But by the end of the night, the shit was, uh, it was rocking. I mean, the last three bands, I mean, they were, they were good. And they weren't, I don't think, doomy at all. And I thought, like, that's what I thought. I thought the rest of the time it'd be like, yeah, it's doom fest, but it's going to morph into, like, if you're headlining this shit. Mm-hmm. I don't know. My, I kind of don't remember a lot. Like the next two days, like a lot of it blurred together, and like I said, I kind of took a couple too many edibles, <laughs> but I was drinking drinking a good bit. I don't know. But I also think just musically, it did kind of like blur together. There was also a point to where I was just checking out merch and shit. I was also kind of distracted of just kind of bullshitting with strangers and shit throughout the set. And yeah, kind of doing other things. But I don't remember a band like going out of their way to pull my attention back. Nobody did. 
I can't say that because I do actually. I, I no. I I just don't remember what the music was, but I do remember being interested in a couple of bands. I actually do remember grooving out pretty good, but I just there can't were a the few detail. good. There were a few bands that were like, I enjoyed this, yeah. but for the most part, like these bands, they exist just to like. Yeah. It'd be it'd be it would be like hockey fans going to watch our beer league team play exactly. hockey with like, expecting. Like NHL level. This play. is this is shit hockey. When you're watching us play hockey, you're watching shit hockey. This is what I was telling you about. But like when I go on, I'm always looking for new bands online, and now it's it's almost like a political party. Now there there's like two forms of music that's starting to divide. There's no middle ground. It's either commercial, like you're either trying to get on a radio, or now everyone's like like too cool to be that. Like we want to be so unradio friendly. Like this doom music, it's like intentionally boring because they're like, the radio sucks. We're anti Nickelback. You know, they're so anti Nickelback that they just rather have a 15 minute slow song because that's cool to them. And I think like, that's fucking stupid. Just write a good song. I don't know. There's some of it's like I said. I don't. Good. Good luck with your five fans. I, I'm glad if you enjoy it. That's all that matters. But. It's cool if it's a hobby, but it, I mean, don't expect to make any money on this. It. Like, you're a fucking idiot if you think that. Like, really, it's boring, man. <laughs> it really is. Like, and like I said, my podcast, my opinions. So. Uh, anyway, but that's how Doomfest was. But I had a good time. Yeah, oh yeah, I had a, I had a blast. And it's not like cool town. Yeah, cool town, cool venues, cool, uh, cool event. I wish there was a little more variety. In the uh, in the acts, a little more uh, all the acts cleavage from every act was exactly the same. Now, one thing I will say: so it went from Thursday night to Sunday night, but we all left Saturday, and it did seem like s- Sunday night was, I think, would have been the better. Another dumb thing: don't have your best headliners play Sunday night. Yeah, that should be your Saturday night like things. That or your- Sunday should be the hangover day. Yes. If you have a four day festival, Sunday should be the like. Most people go to work Monday morning. Have your garbage bands yeah. play on Thursday and Sunday. Yeah. Your primetime bands should play on Friday and Saturday. Because that's when people are in town watching these also, shows. Also, every event should cater to me at all times. Because I'm what matters. Yep. 100%. Yeah. Should be leave-on-oriented everything. Even if so, I'm not there, they should have me in mind. So last night, the band that opened for King Buffalo. Oh, yeah. the um, They were called the Oregon Space Trail of doom and you know they're referencing that video game right are you or, asking me no i'm just well i guess i'm asking are you just fans. saying it to the yeah i'm audience. just saying it. Yeah. yeah organ trail but also the kid said he played a lot of doom i said honestly the like band those. didn't really have anything to do with doom no they were not they a doom weren't band. doom at all they were uh psychedelic uh, yeah that like i keep wanting to throw grateful dead in there but it, i think it was more because that album cover it definitely was based off the one uh Skull and Roses live album for mm-hmm. me, I think is what I think you know what came to mind. But uh, yeah, they were cool. There was I don't know what you call it like hippie jazz. I I would just call it psychedelic rock. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's the word. Yeah, it was like uh, good live though. I enjoyed it. Somewhere between like Cream and uh, I don't know. Yeah, psychedelic rock. Out of my comfort zone, I wouldn't have gone to their show, just them. But uh, you know, an opening band and that's, that's what I expect to see. when I see like. I feel like when it, when it comes to like the the doom stoner rock prog metal to like stoner rock genre, I always want my bands to lean more into the psychedelic. 
I just want them to be good. I, this, I, I, but the psychedelic ones, the the bands that are more psychedelic are always the bands that I enjoy more. Yeah, I tend to be that way. And that and uh, I'm usually just drunk and fucked up, so usually that just sounds better anyway. Like that band was a lot more like psychedelic than they were stoner rock. Yeah, and I I thoroughly enjoyed them. That or I mean, to me, you just can't go wrong with a good you know hard rock and bar band. But. I, I bought a T-shirt from them. Oh yeah, no, it, I bought a T-shirt. Yeah, you leave, paid me because I didn't it, have cash. I didn't have cash on me, yeah. so I had to. I loaned them the money yesterday. Leave on loaned me money. In, to in buy retrospect, t-shirts. I should have said no, huh? Yeah, you should have. Yeah. Uh, this T-shirt it said Oregon Space Trail of Doom in like Times New Roman font, big on the front of the T-shirt, and then it had a picture in black and white that you couldn't make out what the picture was from behind like the the, the little area where like their march table was i just assumed it was like a picture of like saturn or something <laughs> you like you just saw like black and gray blur you couldn't tell yeah, what the picture you, was you thought it was just like a black and white grainy photo of something so this irrelevant. t-shirt the photo is the four members of the band they're all naked and two of them are laying on their front, so their butt cheeks are up in the air. And two of them are laying on their backs with their hands cupping their wieners. So you can't see their wieners, but you could still tell, like, it's four naked guys on the front of the sh- T-shirt. Yeah. And you could, from from where they had the T-shirt displayed, you could not tell. I, I, didn't, I didn't know that that's what the T-shirt was. I wouldn't have bought a T-shirt like that. Who knows? Someday, though, maybe that T-shirt will be worth like a lot of money because, like, I have the original weird, creepy, gay, naked shirt from them when before they were famous. Maybe someday they'll be like huge and. Maybe someday, but for right now, yeah, dude, it's it's so friggin' weird. Well, you you forgot to mention the detail too of the is the shirt is it hot pink? It's definitely. I think it's peach colored. Yeah, it's like that's right. It's like peach or salmon. Like it just everything about it's awful. It really like the color of it and the fact that it said Oregon Space Trail of Doom. That's Killer what band that's what name. sold it. That's what sold it to me. And it had a picture, but I just That's what sold it to you. And then it could have been the then picture. the actual shirt is why it's gonna be in Goodwill tomorrow. <laughs> the, the picture on it was like you honestly, if you yeah. saw it, it's just you couldn't tell what it was until you wore like <laughs> good thing you bought a shirt you're never gonna wear anymore. Look at it closely. Yeah. And then when you look at it closely you realize Oh man, it's just—it's weird. It's, it, yeah, it's four dudes playing butt butt and grab ass, and grab grab testes. It's very very homosexual. Yeah, there are bands there. They they probably all got played last night by hotties. Just because you. Who knows? Oh well, I'm gonna do a band plug. So one of the bands that we seen down at that Doom Fest was uh, D Calhoun. Oh, it was just D. Calhoun. It was a big, fat dude. He played a shovel guitar, which is literally a shovel, just a small fucking, like, metal shovel with guitar strings on it, somehow electrified, like a slide guitar shovel. And then he did have another guy playing bass with him, but it was just, like, folk Delta Blues shit. But uh, you could belt it out. D. Calhoun, check him out on Bandcamp. Check out his solo shit. It was really good. That's all the information I got. That should all blur together. I, I don't know. Actually, I don't know enough about them. I got a CD from down there. Well, Re- our friend Reg bought me a CD down there for them. And pretty cool. If you like that stuff, which you will. 
I don't think this has been a very good podcast. Probably not. It's pretty terrible. You think so? I feel like I've been care. so. I feel like I've been really tired throughout the whole thing. I know I definitely phoned it in. That's all right. If this ends up being good, I'll be blown hey, away. Hey, we're still gonna sound better than them fucking doom bands we listen to. So I think we're all right. I don't know, man. Zach, I'm I'm sorry. If we don't scrap this thing, then I'm sorry. This is what you're gonna have to listen to on one on one day driving into work. I don't apologize for shit. I don't make mistakes. He's right, you know. All right. Everything I do is worth millions of dollars. Beans and beans and beans. Oh, broke. <laughs> All right, we're ending it. All right, oopie doopie, everybody. <laughs> that was our show, and now we gotta run.